Egypt again. He took me back into Exodus. And so I, I preached on this last week. I preached on calling the enemy in. We talked about hunting, where if you're a turkey hunter or a deer hunter, you know, you, you can call in your prey, especially uh, uh, turkeys. They got, what was their range of vision? 240, 280 degree range of vision, so turkeys can see a lot that's going on and all of that, except Mitchell chased a turkey down a country road yesterday and took a video of it. That was the highlight of the movie day at the Zimmerman house was the turkey getting chased by Mitchell down the road in the truck. He never would go in the woods. He had woods all over him. I think he chased him maybe a quarter mile. But anyway, you call the turkey in. You call the prey in. And God does that in our lives sometimes. Now, come on. This can't be that bad. I, I, I'm not going to say everything I said last week. God does that sometimes because... I don't know about you, but sometimes battles continue for a long time. Sometimes the same enemy afflicts us for a very long time. And sometimes God sets it up to where he's trying to use us as the bait to call the enemy in so he can take care of that once and for all in your life. Has anybody had a, an enemy that is no longer an enemy? It's gone now. Come on, I got it. I got it. All right, you of you. All right, so that enemy's not there anymore. That enemy's gone. And so I want to I continue on. The Lord was laying it on me. So the conclusion, what God expected the final outcome to be. What did God want to do in this exodus out of Egypt? What did God want to do in this journey that the Israelites were about to embark on. Now, I, remember, it was an 11-day journey. An 11-day journey. 1 plus 1 equals 11, right? Sorry, 10 plus 1. Thank you, Riker. He didn't realize I was just shoving them together. When you put two ones together, I didn't see him praising back there with his legs in the air today either. When you put two ones together, it's 11 days. It was an 11-day journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, 11 days. If you look at it on a map from Egypt to where the modern nation of Israel is today, it was, it's not that far. It was 11 days that turned into 40 years. And so God is trying to get an outcome here. The outcome was this, and it's found in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you to you today. Now here's what the, the conclusion that God wanted. The Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. You will not see them anymore. I want to say this to some of you who are in the battle. The battles that you're fighting, if you will just be obedient to God and let God work his, I hate to say magic, if you let God work his thing, he is going to take care of the enemy in your life, that battle, that, that enemy, once and for all. God doesn't expect you to wrestle with some things all the time in all your life. 
Now, don't throw at me the New Testament where Paul said, I had a thorn in my flesh. I asked the Lord three times to get rid of it, and he never did. He said, my grace is sufficient. There are enemies that will stay with you forever. They might stay with you forever to keep you saved. You're back from vacation. I figure you guys would be whooped and, and on fire. I'm dropping bombs. God knows what it takes to keep us saved. And sometimes he's going to let a little bit of inconvenience maybe in our lives to keep us praying. Because we have a tendency that when we stop praying, we stop praying when things get good. When things are going smooth, we don't fast anymore. We don't, when things are going are kind and the sun is rising and there's no clouds on the horizon, when everything is peachy and beautiful, we kind of forget about we're, we're living the good life now. We're living the high life, amen? Miller ain't got nothing on God's high life, I'll tell you that right now. We're living the high life because everything is smooth and dandy, but in the minute that something bad happens, oh, my God, we got to hit our knees, sackcloth and ashes, we got to fast and pray, we got to do all of this. Why? Why haven't we been doing that in the good times? In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. Hallelujah. Praise him when it's good. Praise him when it's bad. So God is trying to get rid of this enemy once and for all in the children of Israel's eyes. In the children of Israel's lives. They have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They lived in Egypt 30 years before that up in the land of Goshen when Joseph was in power. But then the Bible says that there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And so he turns around and he makes them slaves. Why would he do that? That's not right. What about that? God uses the process. Everybody say process. God uses processes in our lives. Anybody try to make a to-do list and you know, there's so much for you to do, you get over, so overwhelmed and you can't get nothing done? I don't speak to anybody but Ginger right now. I found her in her room one day when she came downstairs and she was, she was just like in 14 pieces. Now, that, imagine that, 14 pieces. I had to pick her all up and collect her back together. She said, I got this. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. What you going to do with it? Oh, my God. Oh, I can't do anything. <laughs> it was pretty accurate, wasn't it? So I went upstairs. How, what, how long did it take us? Five minutes. I said, you go in there right now in the closet and you put the shirt on. Get your shirt on. It says Tracy is always right. She hates those shirts. But it was a process. It's a process. And, and God uses processes in our lives. And sometimes there's so much to do, but if you look at it as, as a process, as, a, as inch by inch, inch by inch, it's a cinch. Put that down. Somebody write that down if you're taking notes. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's hard. Just do a little bit at a time, okay? Don't overwhelm yourself. Just let the process work its way out. If you do a little bit at a time each day, eventually it's going to get done what you're trying to get done, and you're going to feel real good about yourself. So God uses a process in our lives. It's an everyday process. It's an everyday, every week, every month, every year process. He uses these processes. The process was this. 
uh, in Genesis 12, he said to Abram, Get out of the co- thy country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. God is talking to one man here and one man has no kids. God is talking to one man that has no children and he says, I'm going to make you a nation. Now, if that would have been us, we were going to say, we were going to refer God to the nearest psychiatric evaluation. You're going to give me a family, you're going to give me a nation, and I don't even have a kid. Not only that, I'm 99 and Sarah's 74. As Pete would say, say what? What? That's what Pete would say. But you see, we're dealing with a God that uses processes and knows exactly what he's doing. Touch your neighbor and say, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. The family becomes a nation. He takes 70 people, and through the process of slavery, millions come out. Now, the Bible says, I didn't put this scripture up there, but the Bible says that they marched out in garrisons. They marched out like armies, platoons. They marched out in in sync. Last week we talked about, you remember, Moses and the Ten Commandments and all the old grandpa, you know, he was on his crutches coming out of Egypt. That didn't happen because the night of Passover, God sent a mass healing through the land of Egypt and every Israelite was made whole and healed and they all stood up strong and walked on out. Amen. When God gets ready to deliver you, God is going to put everything together just right. When God gets ready to set you free and bring you out of the process, he's going to have every piece in place. He's going to have every hair in place. He's going to be ready to roll. And so are you. Now, 70 people became millions because of a process. So the process was good. Slavery in Egypt was 400 years. That was the process God used for nation building. Now the Red Sea is the next process because God says, I am going to take care of the Egyptians once and for all. God uses the Red Sea for a process. We're going to Exodus 14, verse number 1. Now we're going to be jumping from different versions. So look at the bottom of your screen of the Scripture if you want to know what version it is. We're going to Amplify today. We're going King James today. We're going New Living today. And you need a new Bible. Amen. And the Lord gave these instructions to Moses, order the Israelites to turn back. Now watch, and camp by that town right there, Pi-hath-hiroth, between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore, across from Baal-Zephon. What was God doing? He was telling the Israelites, I don't want you where you're at. I want you to move over here. God is safer here. We get caught in the other place. God has a process. Watch what God says. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. I have planned. Say, I have planned. Say, I have planned. 
God planned this. God says, you can't stay here because Pharaoh will not think what I want him to think. I am trying to trap Pharaoh for you. I am trying to work behind the scenes for you. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. You see, God tells us to do something, and we don't do it because it doesn't make any sense in our rational thinking. It doesn't make any sense in our carnal thinking. It doesn't make any sense in any kind of reasoning that we have. But you've got to remember something. God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and God's ways are not our ways. Amen. God's more superior, amen, than any of our thoughts or any of our ways. God may know what he's talking about. God may know what he's talking about. So God says, this is where I want you to camp. I'm God, I have planned this in order to display my glory. You see, God is only concerned about his glory. Not my glory. Oh, boy. God doesn't even care about, oh, boy, our reputation at times. Because as Proverbs say, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Right? A good name. Sometimes God doesn't care about what your reputation goes through. Sometimes God doesn't care because he's got another plan. All he wants out of us is just obey. Just do what I tell you. If you do what I tell you. Come on, where are the parents in here? Any of you parents have kids? All right, we're getting better. Listen, one time, if you're a guest here today, one time I asked, does any moms here have kids? We only had three moms that had kids in this whole church. Three. So we're getting better, parents. What do you tell your, your kids? If you would have just done what I told you, if you would have done what I told you, you wouldn't have tears running down your cheeks right now. Amen. You would, I wouldn't have had to become a musician, and you wouldn't have been a dancer. Amen. Shiny dancer. Amen. And so after this, the Egyptians, God said, will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. God is not concerned about our comfort. Oh, oh, my goodness. God does not care if I'm hurt. God does not care if I'm, my feelings are hurt. God doesn't care if I've been lied about. Are you kidding? God does not care my feelings that are involved and my emotions and my concerns because God has a much bigger view of what he wants to do through his process. And God is just asking Trace, I just want you to obey. It may be painful for a while. Do you think 400 years of slavery was pleasant? These people here, the only thing they knew was the trade that they were involved in. They had no other skill. 
They got so bent out of shape with Moses when the army started closing in, they said, we don't even have grave lots here. We don't even have a place to bury ourselves. At least in Egypt, we had garlic. Oh, garlic, so good. Amen. We had onions and leeks and garlic and melons and a place to get buried. We don't have nothing here, Moses. God says, this is my process. Just hang on. This is what I want to do. He's not concerned about my comfort. He's not concerned about my feelings. He's not concerned about how I feel. How many of you have ever prayed for something to happen and it ain't happened? I prayed years for years as my mom was getting older. Lord, don't let her go to a nursing home. Don't let her go to a nursing home. Don't let her go to a nursing home. What happened? She went to a nursing home. We had to take her. You know what that's like? You know what that's like to drop your mom off at the nursing home and say, now, Mom, if you get stronger, you get out of there. As soon as you get stronger, you get out of there. And in the back of your cranium, there's a small portion of that mass that says, chances are she's not coming out of there. And in my mind, I could still see her walking through that door that very first time. She was there five and a half years and passed away last January in, in 19. Amen. And I said, God, why? Why did you not answer my prayer? Why? Why did you let her have to go through the nursing home? My mom was active. My mom was a, um, my mom could out cook, out bake, out clean. You could eat off my mom's floors. Every Saturday, we swept under the beds. There wasn't, you couldn't, a dust bunny couldn't even survive in our house. She was very active, but she died stiff as a board, couldn't chew anymore and swallow of dementia. And the Lord said, just remember this. Do you remember how excited she was when she couldn't go to church anymore? And those people that did nursing home ministry that you really haven't given much credit to, all these years, she was so excited when they came in and had church with her. Then I understood the process. Then I understood the process. She wasn't by herself. She wasn't falling down anymore. She remembered to take her medicine because somebody was giving it to her. But in the whole process, God was teaching me as well. God's not concerned about where we are in our comfort at times, my brothers and sisters. God's more concerned about getting his process done in our lives. Amen. Verse 14, or verse 13 of 14, he said, you'll see the Egyptians no more. Amen. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Stop complaining. Stop griping about the situation. Oh, my goodness. OMG. You ever think the Lord holds up an OMG sign? We're praying. No, we're not praying. We're crying. We're belly aching. We're murmuring. We're complaining. And God just said, would you hold up that sign, Gabriel? OMG. Okay. And the Bible says that the Lord pities his children, though. And so here we are, hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. 
You're going to have to keep moving. You cannot stop and have a pity party. You cannot stop and slow down on this journey in the gospel kingdom that you have been called to journey in. You have got to keep moving. You have got to keep going forward. You have got to faith it until you make it. You have got to keep faith in it until you make it. You have got to keep believing that God is going to work. When you don't feel good, you're still believing God's going to help you. When you ain't got any money in your pocket, you're going to still believe God's going to take care of the need. Hallelujah. When you can't feel God after you prayed and fasted for days and weeks, God is still there in some, some type of space somewhere. He's in your heart. And even though you can't feel him, You've got to trust that he's there. And let me tell you this, you do not operate and you do not walk on your journey with your feelings. Man, I tell you, I'm sorry, you should have all got asbestos suits when you came in today because I'm dropping some heavy things on you today. You cannot operate by your feeling. Well, I feel like, no, no, shut up. I, I mean, shh. See that color jumped out to me. Shh. I just feel shh. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Well, I'm not going back to that church anymore because they hurt my feelings. Well, that's because you had your feelings out. Don't put your feelings out there. Get involved in the church, but be tough. Come on. Suck it up. Get tough. God knows we don't need any more people crying on election night. We don't need that. And now I'm seeing, I'm seeing people my age coloring. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have even came out. That's not even in the notes. When I, get, when I went to high school, they said, put the pencil away and get a pen. We're getting you ready for college, because in college, you're not going to use a pencil, and you're going to take notes in pen and ink. Mrs. Purball. Did you have Mrs. Purball? I had Mrs. Purball. And my brothers had Mrs. Purball 12 and 15 years before I did. Mmm. So, you know what? And now, now we're going back to crayons. We didn't even get to go back to pencils. We went from, from pens right back to crayons again. Amen. And so, God said, I just want you to keep moving. What's that telling me? That when you're in a trial, you keep coming to church. Oh, no, here we go. I said when we're in a battle, we keep coming to church. When we're in a battle, we keep praying. When we're in a battle, we keep fasting. When we're in a battle, we keep praising. Oh, when we're in a battle, you don't stop. Hallelujah, don't wait till the battle's over. You can shout now. That's what they all say and all used to sing years ago. I'm telling you, you can shout in the middle of your storm. You can shout in the middle of the process. You know what? You can worship God and not even feel him. Move forward, Moses. Go on. Keep doing what you're doing. 
But God, you have put us in this peninsula here. We are trapped. You told us to come here. What in the world are you doing, God? But lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. Notice that God did not say and ask me to divide it. He said divide it. Why? Because there's authority in obedience. And Moses is holding that rod up, and, that, and, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get my honor, I'll get me honor upon Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. But the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten my, uh, me honor upon him and his chariots and horsemen. And the angel of God went. Now I'm telling you, you're not fighting by yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't by yourself. You ain't by yourself. God's got this. You're going to have to learn how to trust and quit crying. Have I ever told you that? Quit crying. I don't want to, don't cry again. Where's she at? Amber? Have I ever told you in love? Stop crying. I don't want you to cry again. A lot. It's simply because, not because I'm cold-hearted, it's simply because I'm old and I can't understand your English through slobbers. All right. I'm just saying it for the Geritol gang here. Now, watch those two guys in the back row back there. I, I told them there's a camera on them. Amen. You're not fighting by yourself. The angel of God is here. That which, which went before the camp of Israel and removed and went behind them. So there's an angel involved now. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Now watch, there's something interesting that happens here in this verse. I just, I, that's what I'm rolling on. So the roster says this. Okay, is that how you spell roster or is that rooster? Okay. So we got a rooster in the church today. Hey, I'm only human, I'm just a man, but Jesus, you know, right? If you're looking below, spell check, didn't ch catch that, amen, because that is the correct spelling for rooster. So the angel of God is on the rooster, and the pillar of a cloud is on the rooster. Come on. You're not by yourself. They're there. You're not fighting alone. Let's get off that one so it gets out of your mind. And the, thank you for taking a picture. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them away. Because listen, this is the promise in, in Exodus 13. And, the, and in the night, a pillar of fire to give them light. And he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of the fire by night from before the people. Now I am, in my mind, am seeing a pillar here. I'm seeing a pillar by cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. The pillar of fire by night heats them in the cold desert night. The pillar of the cloud by day covers them and gives them shade under the hot desert sun. See how God takes care of his people? God is concerned down to the smallest detail, brothers and sisters, of what you're going through and what you're facing. God is down to the shade and God is down to the temperature. He wants you to feel comfortable, but he doesn't care about your feelings. Oh. 
He wants you to be comfortable, but he doesn't care about your comfort because he's still going to put you through the process. Everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to go through the heat. Everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to go through the fire. Nobody wants to go through the pressure. We just want to come in and here I am. I'm a diamond. And you didn't have to struggle for it. And you didn't have to fight for it. And you didn't have to endure some mess. And you didn't have to endure people lying about you. Amen. And you didn't have to endure people telling stories on you. And you didn't have to endure all this mess. But I'm a diamond. Here I am. And when somebody really needs something from you, you ain't got nothing in your house to give them because your shelves are empty because you missed the whole process on the way to being a diamond. Amen. You're just a diamond in name only. But I'm talking about men and women of God who go by experience. I'm talking about men and women of God who march through the Red Sea and who march through the wilderness and are willing to praise rather than complain and are willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, I'm here for you. Amen. Amen. So now watch, he didn't take the pillar of the cloud by day away, nor the fire by night. And it came between, now watch this, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to those. Are you seeing this picture here? It's nighttime. So the fire is there. But it also, God has put the cloud there. And the cloud has moved to the hinder part of the camp between Israel and the Egyptians. That's not usually how it went. Because if you look all through Exodus and Numbers and the journey that they took, there was either a cloud by day or fire by night, not both at the same time. But God divinely put them both there together. And he put the cloud between Israel and the Egyptians so that Israel could not see what the Egyptians were doing. And it also says this, and the cloud was darkness to them, the Egyptians, but it was light in the night to the Israelites. God's not walking in the dark. Guess what? God is not surprised by anything that comes on us. You ever lose your job? God wasn't surprised like you were. You ever got sick and had to go to the doctor? Anybody? Yeah, you need to stand up and praise right there. Put both of these. Yeah. You know why? God's not surprised because he already knows. The process. I know you don't know what the process is. I know you don't understand the process. But God's working the process out. God's showing you some things. God's doing little things in your life. You asked for this, and God gave it to you. You asked for this, and God gave it to you. You asked for this, and God gave it to you. Yes or no? Yes. And so what's he doing? He's working in your life. You're going through the process. Is it comfortable? You're having fun at it. No. Does God care how you feel? No. Does it blow your mind? Yes. Well, you just got to keep walking. You just got to keep moving. You just got to keep going through it. You got to tiptoe through the landmine tulips. Amen. You just got to keep walking around and let God lead you and guide you. God gave them light, but he put the enemy in darkness. Now, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure this out. How did that happen? I say and propose to you this. This is not scripture. I'm just throwing it out. You had the pillar of the cloud out in front or the fire out front of the camp. 
The cloud is in the back. The glow of the fire was reflecting off of the cloud for the children of Israel. But the cloud was so thick, number one, they couldn't see each other. The cloud was so thick that the light could not get through to give light to the Egyptians. You see, God will use simple things all around you to perform His purpose and will in your life. Do not discredit simple things in your life. Do not discredit the little things in your life because God may use little things to bring big things and birth bring big things in your life, okay? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm going to do after this? I'm going to go eat me a rooster. Amen. Fried chicken. Hallelujah. Don't focus on this. What the enemy's doing. What the enemy's saying to you. What it may look like. Oh boy. What he's trying to do against you. Don't look at that mess. Don't look at what the enemy's trying to do to you. Don't look at what he's putting together. Okay. All right. Yeah. We can move that over for you. Ain't that wide? Amen. My Lord. I can fit in a tight space. So I'm in church. And Kevin's looking at me. Look at him grin. I know he's laughing at me. I know he doesn't like my clothes. I know he doesn't like my hairstyle today. I see your reaction, Kevin, under that pew. And Kevin, he looks at me every service. And then he'll be leaning back talking to Danny in a little bit, and they'll start laughing. I know they're talking about me. Of course. Right? I mean, that's how it works. Um, really? I don't know if I'm coming back to this church. Because all they do is talk about me. Kevin talks about me, talks about me to Danny. Then Danny probably texts Johnny. And once Johnny starts texting, it's over. I mean, he texts some. some. Johnny keeps me praying when he sends me texts. He just. So I don't know if I'm. What's the devil trying to do? First of all, the devil's taking my worship because I'm here to worship, I'm here to praise. And the devil's got me focused on Kevin. And Danny, and what's he saying about me? And the devil's saying, oh, yeah, nobody likes you at that church. You might as well just go somewhere else. Better yet, you don't even need to go to church. You don't even know to, need to go to church. Just stay at home. You can have home church. You can watch church on the Internet. Play, praise God. Huh? You can watch Bishop Jakes. Ooh, yes. You can watch John Hagee. Yes. You can watch Jensen Franklin. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can just have church in your house. The only problem with that is when God put together the order of the church starting back in the Old Testament, he didn't put online services in that. Clark, did you turn me down? I knew it. I ain't coming back here. Turns me down. 
Because God said, you're going to leave Egypt and everything you got from Egypt, all the gold and all the silver and all the fine linens, you're going to build me a tabernacle in the wilderness. And then from the tabernacle, it went to a temple. And then from a temple, it went to an early church. God's always want his people to come together. He's always wanted them to come together and worship in the congregation of the saints. Oh. But don't listen to what the devil's saying. The devil's lying. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil's a liar. Say, he'll, tell him he'll deceive you. He'll make you think you're doing right. Tell him. He'll make you think you're doing right when you're doing plumb wrong. Plumb wrong, Margo. Don't look at what he's trying to do against you. Don't be afraid of what the devil is trying to do. That's why God put the cloud there. He didn't want the people in the back of the camp getting freaked out about what the Egyptians were trying to do. God was saying, don't worry about what they're trying to do because I put it in their thick skulls that they're going to chase you into the sea. And when I get them in the sea, I am going to take care of them once and for all. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell my brothers and sisters today, do not let the devil cheat you. Do not let the devil trick you. Do not let the devil deceive you. God. Verse 21, and Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. You know what the wind is symbolic of in Scripture? The Spirit. We all have to have the Holy Ghost blowing in our lives. You're not going to make it in this hour without the Holy Ghost moving in your life. And let me tell you this, if you're hiding sin in your heart, it's going to come out in this hour. You just better get ready. You better get ready, get ready, get ready, because if you're hiding sin, it's coming out. Hallelujah. The preacher ain't even got to preach about it. I'm telling you, the pressure of the days that we are living in is going to bring out all of the junk in all of us, and we better find a place to repent, and we better find a place to get a hold of God and say, God, anoint me for this remnant in time church. Brother Dave, after prayer, told me last night that there were more people watching online at World Harvest Church than were in church on a given Sunday. That's Rod Parsley's church in Columbus, Ohio. What this pandemic has done is it's taken about 35 to 40% of our church out. God said in the last days, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is and as you see the day approaching. I've got to be here in church. I've got to see you. I've got to... I've got to Learn my math. One plus one equals two. Amen. See, God put a cherry on top today for me. What are you, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about we got to have each other. we got to be in fellowship. Amen. I tell you, and you, you life group leaders, I'm not trying to scare you to plumb to death, but I am trying. I'm just dropping a seed. I'm telling you, I'm thinking about life groups. I'm thinking about them. I mean, we can come to church here. We can go to life group. We can, if you've got a big yard, you can sit in four corners of the yard. Amen. You, and and do, what, do what millennials do today to each other. There's a whole room of them. I had a whole room in my house from college, Indiana Bible College, a year or two ago. There was about eight of them. And nobody, I, I went in there to talk to them. I went in there to talk to college students. I used to be a college student. I know it's hard to believe, but I was. He's in there deep somewhere. And I sat down, and they all were 
And I'm just sitting there kind of like Addy is. I'm just kind of in my living room, just kind of, hey, I'm here. Hey. And finally I said, hey, um, who are you texting? You ready? This person was texting that person in the same room. They're probably talking about me. And it's a good thing that I have self-esteem that is I don't really care, you know? <laughs> Finally, I couldn't even break in. I couldn't even get there. Finally, I went back in the kitchen and said to Amy, what do you got to eat in here? Amen. Amen. God says... The east wind is going to blow all night. you got to let the wind of the Spirit blow in your lives. And the children of Israel are going to cross on dry ground. Amen. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. Hallelujah. Now, the Amplified says this. And in the morning watch, the Lord, through the pillar of fire and cloud, looked down in the midst of the Egyptians and discomforted them, and bound, clogged, and took off the chariot wheels, making them drive heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Now, I don't know how much reading you've done, but there's a book out that has been out about 45 or 50, maybe 60 years, called Angels on Assignment. It's a story of a man named Roland Buck. That... Angels would come and visit him in his house. And one of the angels that came to his house and visited him, and he wrote down all these experiences. One of them said, I am the angel (laughs) that pulled the wheels off of the chariots of Pharaoh's chariots. Uh Uh-huh. Now remember, according to the rooster, there were angels there. Right? Right? Don't forget the rooster. Uh Uh-huh. I'm the angel that pulled the wheels off the chariots. There was also another angel that said I was there and pushed down the walls of Jericho. Because if you've ever visited the walls of Jericho, they're pushed flat into the ground. Let me tell you something. Do you know you have angels with you every day? The word Psalm 34, 7, and the angel of the Lord encamps around about them. I'm, I'm closing. I need some music. I'm singing. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fears him and delivers them. Do you know that when there was war in heaven, that the devil took a third of the angels? Now, this is math. So let's go. If he took a third, a third is 33%, 33.33 repeat. All right. That means that two-thirds are still left, which is 6.6666666, right? 6.6666, right. So that means that for every devil, there are still two angels and God and you. What are you afraid of? 
And when all the Israelites reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again. The waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised, let's all stand, his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not one, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood like walls. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. I'm telling you, God wants to take care of your enemy once and for all but I need you to be faithful in the process. If God tells you to do something, you've got to do it. Amen. And listen, if it's, if it's like overwhelming, if you're like, Pastor, the Lord told me to do this, come, come see me. I'll help you figure it out. What am I doing? You're just being obedient because God wants to take care of that enemy once and for all. He wants to move him out of there once and for all. Brother, they weren't collecting seashells down by the seashore that day. They were seeing bodies of the enemy rolling up on the sand. How about this, Kevin? Maybe there was a, an 85 or 100-year-old grandpa who had one taskmaster who beat him every day with a whip just because. And maybe he was walking along this shoreline and the Lord allowed the body of that old taskmaster to roll up and let that old man see my enemy's gone forever because he just stayed faithful. Just stay faithful, brothers and sisters. God's calling the enemy in. God's doing a work. Just stay faithful. God's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what he's doing in all of our lives. He sees the end from the beginning. breath, every event in our lives was recorded. Psalm 1, was it 116 or 118 verses 16 through 18, once again. He recorded everything in his book. That's our book of destiny. That's what God's calling us to do. So I'm asking you this today. Maybe I talked to you. You need to maybe Come to this, up here, maybe drop some opposition off because you've been opposing the process. You've been thinking the process is just maybe I sinned. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I made somebody mad. Maybe I made God mad. No, maybe you didn't make God mad. Maybe God's just using the process. Maybe he's just using the process as they sing. Come on up. Drop off that opposition.
where when you walk out, don't pick it up anymore. Maybe there's something you need to repent and ask God of. Ask Him to get it out of your life. What is it? What is it?
Praise him again. Praise him again. Come on, praise him. You're not going to lose. Come on, praise him. He, you're on the winning side. He ain't never lost a battle. Hallelujah. When the devil starts chirping in your ear, say, he ain't never lost a battle. Is that words in there? He I noticed that when I went up there and joined you ladies, he never went. He quit singing. Y'all scared. I know. I know. The devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. Didn't he tell you that you were going to go broke? 
anybody that? Who? Who do you tell? You broke yet? No. Did he tell you he's going to kill you? Come on, where are you people at that he threatened your life? Well, Lord, have mercy. You're the walking dead. Amen. Because you're still here. Because he never loses. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. He's already been whipped at the cross 2,000 years ago. He's already been defeated. Amen. The Lord already took his head off in the name of Jesus. All we're dealing with is nervous jerks right now. All you're oh, get a hold of that one. All you're dealing with is a nervous jerk. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of the devil. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Walk in your authority this week. Walk in your authority this week. I don't know, maybe some of you need to go home and clean out your house. Here's another bomb for you. I'm not talking about dust bunnies either. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong music. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong stuff. Maybe you've been reading the wrong stuff. Amen. 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 Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little marriage counseling here. Women, your man is not going to be like the man in those romance novels. And men, now, if your woman ain't going to be like them in the romance novels if you read them. I don't know about a man reading about a romance novel, but if that, if, if, if whatever. Listen, I'm just telling you, amen? Let's go to TV. They're not going to be like that. You notice people on TV hardly ever work. They hardly ever have jobs on their shows, unless it's the office. Then they're always working. Amen. Amen. The Lord ain't never lost. He's got you covered. You're his child. He's just working a process in you. He's just trying to get the enemy pulled out where he needs him so he can wipe him out once and for all. So he can take care of that nasty devil once and for all. Wouldn't that be a day? Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, my. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Hallelujah. Now, Caitlin, you're hitting all those chords, and I'm going to got 50 songs going through my head right now. So just, whoo. Amen. The Lord ain't never lost a battle, and he knows how to spell roster. All right? He does. So depend on him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here today. Hallelujah. Thank you for participating and worshiping. We got church Wednesday night. We're going to do prayer again Saturday night again, 8 to 9, here in the sanctuary. Say, 